0: cougs house the houston cougars survive wichita kansas Uh, five guys in double figures let's break down what happened you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougs the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're U of H fans, you're step in by. Please be sure to subscribe, download that, so we can bring you the latest on the Cougs each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Uh, welcome back to the YouTube channel and it's good to see you again. Uh, we are just over 530 subscribers. Every 250 we're giving something away. So if you'd like to be entering the contest, A, you need to hit subscribe so we get there. And B, you need to make sure you're liking and commenting on the video so we know who to pick from. Uh, if you can't think of anything to say, your jaw is just still dropped after talking about the escaping of Wichita that the Cougars pulled off. Tell us... Uh, what you like inside your kolache. Now, what I will say is this is a bonus episode. We're going to just kind of kind of fly through some kick, some quick keynotes from the basketball game because it's late. We also have a whole full episode about the week that was in the football program also at the exact same time. So you can go check that out as well if you need more Houston Cougar news. And can I give you a secret? We're also going to give a full preview of the Temple game in a full-length episode over the weekend. Shh. So be prepared for that over the weekend as well. Now, in this, I'd like to talk a little bit about what went right and wrong for Houston. The right list of what went wrong is a lot longer. First, I think we need to make sure we go with just caps off, caps off, all, all of the caps off to the Wichita State Shockers, because they, as well as just about anyone, saw that big bullseye on number three, Houston, poised to take over the one spot um, this week with Tennessee going down and things like that. and try to make a push for it anyway, and they were not scared at all. Um, Wichita State shot the skin the ball to start, and they really, really clearly fed off of crowd energy early, but did regress to the mean. By the end of the game, they shot just 15% from three, and as awkward as that is to say, that was kind of the difference. Um Houston started off shooting poorly from three and finished at 35%. Wichita state start off shooting well from three and finish at 15%. And in a nine point game, I guess it was, you know, 11 until they let a dunk go off at the end to let the clock wind down. Um, that that's the difference. Um, now I will point out that Wichita state, uh, got out to an early lead, fed off that crowd energy, got Juwan Robertson to foul trouble. And yeah, that's a kind of a trend we got to stop from happening <laughs> for sure. Um, but no, I I think what's interesting in looking at this game was it's a game. As I mentioned that all five starters ended up in double figures for Houston, but how all five got there is dramatically different. Right. Um, I have to say that like at the start of the game, it felt like they were going to go, I mean, opening I guess, second play of the game. They went right to Juwan, uh, Jairus Walker, Jairus Walker, I guess on a little block to block screen for a dunk. Um, the other block being Juwan Roberts, I thought of. Um, and like, okay, this can be his kind of show. They went to him two more possessions in a row and he missed a midy, and, you know, kind of cough one up and suddenly it's like, maybe it's not his kind of night. Right. Meanwhile, down the stretch, like at the other end, the Wichita state shockers came down and hit bucket after bucket after buttock bucket and jumped out to like seven to two, 13 to four real fast. Right. And Houston was in a little bit of trouble. And that's when Jamal shed took over. Jamal shed had, uh, nine of the cougars 17 points at one point um uh, he was frankly a very dominant force just attacking the paint there was not a whole lot of offense being drawn up for anyone much less him but just attacking the paint getting in getting he's got broad shoulders he's not very tall guy he got broad shoulders putting one left shoulder in the defense right hand right out finish really really powerful stuff to start to kind of keep houston in the ball game um you then kind of had a little bit of a Tremont Marks sighting, right, in the, in the late part of the first half. I say sighting because his biggest shot comes later. Um, no spoilers, I, I don't think. Hopefully you've seen some of the highlights at least. Um, and then you kind of had the merging of the half that was the end of the first half, start of the second half, that was Marcus Sasser, right? And you wanted to. You, know, you could tell he wanted to kind of control the basketball game. In a way that, like, they didn't necessarily call his number in ISO, but when he got it, he knew he had the mismatch, and he, uh, you know, escaped for a floater in the first half, and the second half he opened up with a uh, layup and a great look at three, um, kind of off the same act from the top of the key. Again, it, that's kind of his stretch of the ball game. You then got to uh, Jarris Walker dominating his stretch like that into the like the. 15 to 5 minute mark that that middle 10 minute window was all Jairus Walker dunks threes it started off with a banked three from straight away that kind of took the lid off for him in a way that opened him up he ended up shooting three of six from three but was 0 of three before that that was a really really important shot for big fella he did the deal he like look at this guy like thanks that went in and then his threes continue to go on for that. He had a great look from the corner, too. And the thing I like about the corner three he had later in the half, later in the second half, is um, there was no hesitation, right? It was a kick-pull. There was no thought about it. Went in splash, no questions asked. Tremont um, Mark hits a big three late to kind of pull him up over double digits. But then the end was Jawan Roberts, right, who had missed a lot of the early part of the game and found trouble. And it was interesting to me that Houston kind of had to figure out it different stretches of the game who that one guy was going to be but they did always have, uh, have that one guy throughout the game right and since they had that one guy throughout the game um they just the hesitation moments where figuring okay it's not gonna be Jarrett anymore who's it gonna be okay it's not gonna be jared anymore who's gonna be All Right? those kinds of moments kind of struck as as you know problematic offensively um because Wichita State was able to do things on their end. They hit some crazy shots early, and we need to go caps off as well to uh, Jaquan Walton, uh, 13.3 points per game guy, had 24 points, and Houston threw a lot of different stuff at him. He just made tough shots. He was 3 of 6 and 3, but made 2 of his first 3 to open up the game. You could just tell it was his kind of night. Um, Also was 5 of 6 from the free throw line, got to the lane, got fouled. Um, Truthfully, though, the We'll get to the Wichita State stuff in a minute, but they bigger guys end up being more of a problem down the stretch. Um, Anyway, I just thought it was interesting in watching this. It wasn't, it wasn't. So you look at the score sheet, it looks like balance balanced scoring. Oh, they worked the ball around or whatever. And they had 14 assists. So I, I guess it, it reads like that. But in watching the game, it was just a lot of different guys taking turns. And once they found the hot hand, it was, okay, you got a few possessions now. Okay. It's not him anymore. Okay. Now you have a few possessions now. And, That worked against Wichita State. I think there are a number of different teams that are working against. And frankly, depending on matchups, it'll probably work in the first weekend of the March Madness as well, right? Because you're playing lower seeds and so on and so forth. My concern is, is that's good product, not good process. And I don't know that the end result of that necessarily justifies the means of the getting there. Now, Samson, Samson and company coaching this team have a lot more acumen than I do, and they know a lot more about it. They're just also very defensive-focused, and I'd hate for them to look at that game and be like, okay, we gave too many points i Wichita State. They should not have had 61, and not also figure out, like, okay, we need to score more points early. Now, scoring 70 is fine, Um, and to be fair, Wichita State's been scoring in the 70s themselves, so they did keep Wichita State below their season average. But it just it didn't look... As smooth as it should have. Um, I did like seeing Reggie Chaney's 22 minutes, um, especially with Jerron Roberts in foul trouble again. Those are a really, really important 22 minutes. I know we fouled out in 22 minutes. You can talk about moving your feet and this and that, but that was a junkyard dog, mud blood kind of game. And Reggie Chaney needs to be involved in those because he, he's probably the best, especially with Ramon Walker missing the rest of the season on the IR. That he's. Reggie James, probably the best guy on the Cougar roster for those kinds of instances. And even if he's going to foul out, which I have my own problems with because of the way the game is called, but even if he's going to foul out, you've got to, got to, got to see him for 20 more minutes, 20 or more minutes in those kinds of games. And so even though he only had two points, he had six rebounds and a bunch of the count tips. He had a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of tips as well. He had one super dumb play on defense and one kind of dumb play on offense. <sighs> Okay, so I'll talk about it. The, the dumb play on defense is like elementary level. You tell kids as early as middle school basketball to stop saving the ball under the other team's basket because when you're throwing it blindly or you're in the air throwing it, most of the options of things that happen are bad. Most of the options of things that happen are the other team comes up with the ball near their basket playing five on four. That's bad. And he did that. And again, I think that's a junior high level mistake. He's a hustler. He's going for the ball. And if he hits the home run with it, it's great. It just didn't and looked really dumb. The dumb plan offense was a little more understandable. Um, Sasser was kicking the corner. He thought it was for him, picked it up right there, whatever. But um, that's the only, only flaw in Reggie Cheney's night. Whereas, like, there were Jamal Shedd shots multiple times that I thought were questionable because he thought he was still hot from earlier, right? Or there were times when Marcus Sasser passed out of shots. So I was like, no, we need you to shoot that boss. There were times where Jarrett Walker. Miss shots I've seen him make I'm like what's going on Jarris like everybody else had multiple moments and Reggie Chaney kind of had two really kind of one and a half um and that's why you got to have him out there right is because he while that one was really dumb and that's probably why you start Juwan Roberts um Reggie Chaney is an impact player in that instance now before I jump over to the Wichita State side of things I do need to talk a little bit about our buddies at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the number one sports book in America, and it's where you should be placing all of your sports bets for Super Bowl Fifty. 50- Seven. Uh, we're really, really excited about a new sports betting partner in FanDuel because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that can make sports betting easy and fun. If you download FanDuel today, you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown to who will score any touchdown and all kinds of fun props as well. Um, You've heard this enough, but I'm telling you to go bet Dallas Goddard at plus 190 to score. And I'm telling you to take the Eagles because Channel View and Jalen Hurts. That's that's what I'm telling you to do pretty much unless the spread jumps outside of two points. Or unless Dallas Goddard starts to make negative money on I'm saying Dallas Goddard at plus 190. While it's not a lot of money, is a good amount of money and a safe, safe bet. FanDuel sportsbook app is safe as well and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid for your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com/slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That's FanDuel.com/slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, a sports sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so the what should I say? To think is things, things need to be talked about a little bit. Um, James Rojas and Kewan Poto. They they played really, really well for Wichita State, and I don't mean to say that they didn't. But I do think uh, – Kenny Poto, I should say. Um, I do think they, they got a different whistle, right? So between the Houston Cougar centers, you had Reggie Cheney had four fouls. Jawan Roberts had four uh, – sorry, Reggie Cheney had five fouls. Jawan Roberts had four fouls, and Javier Francis had two fouls. That's 11 fouls on all three guys they play at the center spot at some point. Between James Rojas and Kenny Poto, they had just three fouls, and one of them was a take foul down the stretch. So, again, I'm not typically one to blame refs, and frankly, had they lost this game, I would not be blaming refs for them losing this game. But I have a really hard time believing in the way that game was played that only Houston Cougar bigs were being physical. And that's where my problem is. Like, If you're going to call it tight, just call it tight. If you're going to call it loose, just call it loose. I think Houston's good enough to adjust and play through both instances. It's when you don't call it both ways that gets me upset, right? Um, And frankly, a lot of James Rojas's points looked like he was playing fullback for the 1984 Oilers. Now, all of that said... um, he was really impressive, finished with 15 points, um, 7 rebounds. Kenny Poto finished with 8 points and 12 rebounds, and to be fair, they did out-rebound the Cougs. Now, I told you in the preview that I thought they were a really good offensive rebounding team, and a lot of these were offensive. 15 of the 37 rebounds were offensive. Um, so it's something Houston's got to clean up, right? Especially you're playing a team with that much size. Now, I know Jaquan Walton is listed as a guard, and he did play a lot on the perimeter, but he has the engine and energy um, to where he only had three rebounds himself, but at 6'6 with long arms and diving at the ball like that, he got so many deflections and tips that led to more possessions for Wichita State that Houston's got to do a better job keeping those off the glass. Um, very uncharacteristic for a Kelvin Sampson team. Um, frankly, if you're looking at like rebounds per misses, they missed, what is, am I counting that right? Uh, 33 shots and had 15 offensive rebounds, which Wichita State did. That's, that's impressive. That's a, that's a high percentage of misses offensive rebounded. Um, they had turnovers and stuff after that, right? They had 12 turnovers in the, in the basketball game. That's not great. Um, so I don't mean to say that Wichita State played flawless, because they certainly didn't. But that's not um, – it's nothing Houston can be giving up. Meanwhile, on the other end, Houston shot 25 of 56, so they had, what is that, 31 misses? And had just nine offensive rebounds. That's also not something characteristic of Kellen Sampson teams. Frankly, I've heard uh Kellen Sampson comment that they'd like to get 50% of their misses rebounded, right? And so that'd be if you missed 31 shots, it'd be like 15 offensive rebounds, right? In the you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 area, be more realistic. And they got nine. Um just a lot of questionable shots and questionable shots lead to awkward rebounds, and awkward rebounds rarely go to the offense. And that's the way that goes, right? Um, I will say that I was encouraged the shooting came back by the end. And frankly, to Houston's credit, their defense that forced Wichita State to continue to shoot hard shots never wavered. And once the shooting regressed the mean on both ends, both for Houston and for Wichita State, it was very clear that Houston was the better basketball team, right? They were forcing bad shots with Wichita State, which, as they regressed, obviously looked like bad shots. And they were getting good looks on offense, which, as numbers regressed, continued to go in, right? And so, all that is to say that Houston is a strong basketball team. This is not an indictment on them. And if I'm being really, really honest, what I think happens in the start of this game is they got Temple circled on Sunday. Temple is, you know, Infamous for being the team that beat Houston in the American this year. And there's a very real chance down the stretch here, if you can beat Memphis twice, there's a real chance that Temple's the only team that beats Houston in the conference this year. Now, that's based on who's favored where, and those da, 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 right? They might drop another game. I don't mean to say they shouldn't. And college basketball teams never go undefeated anymore. But what I will say is that it would be totally understandable for a young basketball team, again, Sasser's older and Jamal Shedd's older, but like Jawan Roberts is in his first real year with the, starting this many games. Jarris Walker's a freshman. Jamal Mark missed half the season last year. For what it's worth, Marcus Sasser missed half the season last year. They're playing two freshmen, and Terrence Arsenal and Manuel Sharp off the bench in big-time minutes. Javier Francis plays a decent role in this team, and he's a sophomore but did not play a lot last year. It'd be totally understandable for this basketball team to be looking ahead to the weekend. Which still State's not very good. Coming into this game, they're 500 or so, right? I think, I guess they're 500 now. So we're 11 and 10 before the game started, right? It's totally understandable that that team would be looking past this, but it's also almost what got them beat. And so I'm sure that's what the late night plane ride, because they are getting back to Houston early, early, early Friday morning. I'm sure that's what the late night plane ride will be uh, all about. <laughs> and frankly, if I'm Samson, Samson and company, what I imagine happens is they do a lot of mental coaching between Thursday night and Sunday afternoon because they play afternoon game on Sunday after playing a late-night game on Thursday. And with flights, and they're both in the road, we got to go up to Philly on Saturday. Like All that said, I imagine there's a lot more focus on, like, hey, let's get some shots up and watch the film because there's got to be stuff fixed, right? As opposed to running a bunch of sprints and lines and that kind of stuff. Um, what I want to see translate from this game though and what I did like out of this game is uh, a couple different individual things one I thought uh, Jamal did a great job of getting downhill and if we're going to run this ISO stuff he's going to have to do that Uh, two I really liked the quickness with which Jairus shot the ball late I mentioned the one in the corner but it felt like once he banked one, he was like what's worse gonna happen and then started just jacking a little bit faster after that Um, he also seemed very quick with his decisions as a whole on the game um and and that was impressive to see i also thought that like and this i guess isn't quite individual they were down eight points at one point in the first half it was at wichita state wichita state's used to having a good basketball team they played a lot of close games this season um they could have been like crap this one's done right and like visibly there was almost a disturbing amount of lack of shaken, right like it was clear that they were like, okay, we're going to come back at this. And it was almost like, don't you guys want to like scream at one another and say, let's let's freaking go or what? And there was none of that, right? There was none of that kind of attitude. It's more like, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. This thing would come back our way. And while we want the energy and excitement and all those kinds of things, what I think is fascinating about that is that's a level of confidence that is impressive. And what I want to leave with is that, they have every right to be that confident. I commented on Twitter because of the game threads or whatever, every, every game on Twitter, that, um, you know, there's going to be t- people that look at that game and say, oh, my God, they almost lost Wichita State. How can they be a number one seed? And then if you watch that game, it becomes very, very clear with the way that shots were going in and not going in for the two sides. The reason they were even in that game is because they're a number one seed. They're they're that kind of good and that kind of confident at all of the things of basketball. So then when shots do not go their way, they're confident in what they're doing. I have problems with the process and the offensive scheme sometimes, but they're confident in what they're doing. And they're that confident in what they're doing because they know they're going to turn you over. They know you're going to go stretches without scoring and they're going to hold teams to stretches without scoring for minutes at a time, several minutes at a time. I'm trying to pull up the exact count here. I believe it was six minutes of the second half without a field goal for Wichita State. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free throw there, and then they make a dunk at the yeah. So a little over six minutes of field goal list basketball for Wichita State down the stretch that's as good as anyone in America. I don't care who you're playing. And so we'll preview Temple tomorrow. That's the secret, right? We'll preview Temple this weekend. Um, But for now, we're going to enjoy a Coug victory. If you're looking for more football content, there's also a football episode out from today. Lots of football and basketball all week long this week. So make sure to check out all the fun stuff on the YouTube channel. If you want to talk to me more about it, you can find me at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all your various social media handles. Love talking Cougs, Rockets, Astros, sneakers. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is a great hair. we talking about the Texans as well right now. Um, anything you want, find me at pains with 512. Thank you so much for being here. It's your first listen today. For your second listen, if you're a hoops head, listen to this bonus episode. Make sure to check out Locked On College Basketball. Andy and Isaac do a great job talking about the latest national stories in college basketball each and every day. So Make sure you will give them a subscribe and a listen as well. Thank you all so much. Locked On Cougs, the of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go Cougs!